Welcome everybody to another episode of the Digital Masters Live Show. Today we have an amazing panel of guests, TikTok experts. We're going to help you grow your business on TikTok. And if you are here, go ahead and drive a, a drop a like or a comment. Let us know you're here. I've got my wife, Erin. She's fielding questions from the chat. So make sure you ask any question that you have, and then we'll make sure to get that in the queue and answer your questions. So we've got the crew here, and we're going to jump right in. So today we have on Todd. He works for Refine Labs. He's been able to get onto TikTok and uh, really repurpose those TikToks onto LinkedIn and really do an amazing job. So we're going to jump into that. Most of you, I think, know Q, but if not, Q has helped a bunch of creators, businesses, and uh, lots of people grow their uh, social media accounts on LinkedIn, on TikTok, helping people on YouTube. We've got a bunch of people in the chat. Welcome. Uh, make sure to drop in your comments. And then we've got Lydia. She jumped right onto TikTok and really exploded, and it's really transformed her business. So we're going to be going into um, all of their experiences and then also fielding your questions. So let's jump right in. Todd, let's start with you. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly when, but it was in November or December, me and you connected on TikTok. And then you started getting really creative with repurposing those TikToks onto LinkedIn specifically. And just a couple of like showstoppers for me is like you had a couple of videos and got 250,000 views with just two videos and you've grown your following by like 5,000 people which I didn't even know was really possible at this point. So I was just hoping you could go into a little bit of your thought process on how you went about doing that and um, let's see, how you went about doing that and um, like your thought process because you're real thoughtful around that. Yeah, so I think the the main thing on on LinkedIn is that TikTok content performs so well for, for a couple reasons. One is people have this like text post burnout where it's like, and I think most people will probably agree with me where like you see like text post, text post, text post, poll, text post. And like you may read the first one, two, three text posts, but then after that, it's kind of like I'll hit see more I'll kind of skim it if I if I like that person I'll like it but I'm not really going through the the whole the whole post whereas and, and it's honestly it's the same thing with with most video on LinkedIn cuz like we see this this square video on LinkedIn and not to say that that all podcasts are are boring or anything like that but I think we, we kind of have that same burnout where it's like, I see a square video on LinkedIn and I know it's going to be a repurposed podcast. And it's like, do I, do I want to sit through this? Whereas when you see vertical video, you, you think one of two things, it's either one, this is a TikTok and it's going to be entertaining or two, this is a TikTok and it's like, it's super authentic. Cause when you see that, that vertical video, like, you know that someone just kind of whipped out their phone and, and kind of said what was on their mind. Now, I think you, you can start posting TikToks on LinkedIn um, and, and do okay. But I think one of the things that, that I had done early on in the year, it was, it was right at the beginning of January that, that really helped me 
And this is kind of something that I, I learned from my background in YouTube is that involving your audience in, in the direction of your content really helps like build that community around it. And, and as more, as you build that community, um, like for instance, the, the video you were talking about that had uh, a couple hundred thousand views like that, that video was shared like 500 plus times. Like that, that's how you, that's how you, you start to get this virality. So like what I do is pretty much every Monday, I'll put out a post that says like, do you want video A or video B? And like, we can get into this later. I'm, I'm curious what, what Quentin and, and Lydia's take on this is, but like I do, I do series on TikTok. So like, if you follow my content, you know, I do a series called if marketing did and a, and a series called the remote office. So my, my Monday post is always, do you want to see if marketing did X, Y, Z tomorrow, or do you want to see the, the remote office episode, whatever tomorrow? And then whichever one wins that, that poll or, or whatever you want to call it, that's the one I put out Tuesday. And then the loser of that, comes out Thursday. So I'm, I'm really training my audience to know that this is what I'm putting out tomorrow and the, the following day or, or Thursday, this is what's coming out. And it, it's kind of like this. If you remember those, like, like choose your own adventure books from when you were a kid, it, it's kind of like that involving your audience in what, what content is going to come out. And then in doing that, like I get, I get DMS all the time. Like you should do, you should do if marketing did you know, cooking videos or whatever. I get these all the time. And then when I put them out, I'll tag the person that, that requested it. And again, it's kind of like building this community uh, within the audience. And, and that's kind of what I attest the success of those videos on LinkedIn to. Yeah, that's cool. And one question I had is like, so on, when you're doing those polls, like how much engagement are you getting on those actual polls as opposed to like when the video actually comes out? Um, on average, I would say the polls get maybe a hundred votes and 30 to 50 comments. And then, um, depending on the videos, sometimes the videos will get 10 to 20,000 views. Sometimes they, they get 200,000 views It all. It all depends on like the, the, the piece of content. And I think the more this, this sounds super obvious, but like, the more relatable your content is to a larger audience, the better it's going to be. So like, for example, the, the video of mine that did the best was if, if sales and marketing were a married couple and it was like these like sales and marketing, just kind of like going at it back and forth, like a, like a married couple might. And like all the sales people were, were kind of like, you know, complaining, not complaining, but like kind of, like giving jabs on it because it was, it was kind of an attack on sales because of marketing. And then all the marketing people are sharing it with all their, with all their colleagues and that sort of thing. So like the, the more relatable you can make it to a larger audience, obviously the better it's going to do. Yes. Yeah, so some of the, the key takeaways I, I, I'm listening like what I get from you is number one, like you're really thoughtful about it. Like you're not necessarily just pumping out a ton of content. In fact, you're just, what do you do? You do like one a day, like one video a day or not even that much. Um, on, on LinkedIn, I do, I try to do two 
so I, I basically have like these different series or pillars, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I try to do two of those a week. Um, and again, I try to make those as if I, if I get a request from someone, I try to move that to the top of the list because I think most people's mistake is when they're trying to build these communities, it's like, how do I fast track this and make this like massive audience as fast as I possibly can? Like if you want people that are, that are really bought in and like always engaging with what you do, you have to do that one person at a time. So like, if I get, if I get someone who has 200 followers say like, Hey, you should do, if marketing did a Valentine's day movie, like that one's gonna, that one's gonna come to the top of the list. If I can, if I can do it, because when you, when you, like I said, it, it's one person at a time, like people may disagree with this, but I think there's, there's a lot more value in having like a core group of people that just like love everything you do than like one viral posts where, where, you know, nobody, nobody sees you again. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I think that's kind of like the thoughtful thing. And even, and even I have to kind of think about that stuff. Cause like, I'm always like post, 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 but you can get yourself into this cycle where you're just talking at people and not really listening. So to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, like the secret to your success has really, you post less. I mean, you're posting just a couple of videos a week yet you've grown by 5,000 followers and you're just being really thoughtful and listening to what people actually want. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then I do my best to, if it's possible to involve those people in the, in the creation process. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, we got Chris, um, Candace, Carol, all coming in. Thanks for your questions. Juana, nice to see you guys here. So let's jump over to Q real quick. So Q, you guys have probably seen Q on LinkedIn. He's helped a bunch of people, uh, Shea Robottom, a bunch of different people grow uh, their LinkedIn. They've also uh, grown their TikTok. So he's had a lot of experience actually helping people do this as opposed to some of us who are just um, doing it for ourselves. So Q, I'm, I'm out of all the different people you've worked with, um, on TikTok specifically, what are some of like the one or two traits that you've that you've seen exhibited by the successful creators that you've worked with that really help them get started and and achieve the goals that they have on on the platform? Um, it's a good question. Um, it's been a lot of different people with a lot of different goals. I would say one. Um, they understand what they want out of the platform. They understand what they want to achieve. I think that's number one, just having awareness, having clarity around what you're wanting to get. Um, cause I think a lot of people like, Hey, like I just want to go viral and viral oftentimes doesn't get you what you're looking for. Um, so I think just clarity around that and then two clarity around who they are, what do they have that other people don't have? Like what, where's like their value? Um, where's a unique value proposition for them? Um, and I think the most important thing, which is just like really where I lean into everything is just like the the openness to experiment. Because um, I think with TikTok specifically, like it's short form content, um, like what's going to stick? Like what are those different series like Todd was mentioning? Like what are those different things that are going to stick? Um, and then how do I involve my audience in that? I think just be being open to experimentation, uh, which is that's my bread and butter. You know, that's that's all I do. I like to throw things at a wall, see what sticks. 
Yeah, I saw that one experiment you did recently where you were talking. Well, you, I think you did it a while ago, but you brought in like 30 different people and you had them come up and just do different things. So when you're working with somebody, so what do you want? That's a good question. But like, what are what are some of the things that people do want? And like, how do you help them think that through? So, so obviously there's people that are growing brands. They're just creators. They're trying to sell little courses or they're a consultant. Like, how do you help people think through like what they want? Yeah, it's a lot of questions. I think a lot of people um, think that they want, um, let's say just leads for their business, but oftentimes like it's helping them get clear and like maybe they just want to be popular. Um, and is that really what you want? I think a lot of people want to go viral. They want the likes, they want the recognition. But when you get down to the root of it, like what is that thing that you really want? Like what's like, if you got a hundred quality leads through the door, would that make you happier than a hundred thousand followers? Probably depending on who you are. Um, so it's just a lot of questions and bringing that back. Like, Hey, what is it? Like if nothing else, if nothing else worked, what would I want? Cause you don't, you don't need, um, a lot of followers to get success again, like going back to what Todd was saying, like just those people that are really, really excited about what you do. Like I know I say this all the time, but I know newsletters that 5,000 subscribers that are bringing in 2 million a year, you know, it's not about having 5 million. It's not about having a million. It's not about having a hundred thousand. It's about having the right people there that are aligned with that end goal that you want. Um, yeah. Not sure if that answers that. <laughs> no, it does. And so, so you, you define what they want. And then what are some of the ways that you help them kind of think through like who they are and like what they're, cause I, I think that's one thing that people really, they really crave that everyone wants their message to be understood and, and clear and they want to be unique. So what are some of the ways that you help someone kind of craft that position? Yeah. So that, that's not really my expertise. So I've, I've realized this recently. I have only worked with people that do have that clarity. Mm. Um, I would say if you want to find that clarity, a good person for that is Brittany Crystal. She's worked with people like Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Marie Forleo, uh, Tom Bilyeu, just like on their personal brand and really growing it. Um, so obviously she's killer. Um, in terms of finding it though, um, my expertise is around the content. Like how do we take what you are? How do we take what you have? And then how do we use that to track what you're wanting to attract? And that's just questions, that's just feedback, that's just experiments, that's data and coming back um, to those questions. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that too, because I think it is, and, and why is it that you focus on people that have already kind of find, found that clarity around, around their brand? What, what is it about you that kind of realized, hey, it's better for me to work with you once you've kind of figured that out? Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error, but I mean, if you look at, like just any experiment, like let's say you're wanting to um, create content that's gonna generate more leads for you on TikTok or on LinkedIn. Um, for me, if I'm coming in, the way that I approach anything is just like scientific method. Like, let me test this. Okay, here's my observation. Here's the thing that I wanna test. Let's run this experiment. Here were the results. Okay, it wasn't successful. Let's go back and tweak. Let's look at all the things that happened. Boom. It's hard for me to do that if you don't even know where you wanna go. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you're speaking to, then I can't really run the experiment. So for me, having that clarity up front is crucial. Um, and it's just not something that I'm, I'm great at personally. Um, and it, it, wastes a lot of time for me um, working there when I'm best at the content, when I'm best at the story portion, best at the experiment. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I think that clarity, like from what I've noticed as well, is like the clarity in your message is what helps people grow really fast. Um, I, we're going to talk about that um, with Lydia specifically in her business. We've got a couple of questions here 
and Todd, maybe this is a good one for you just because you, I know you were just talking about it. Um, but Tiffany was asking like, what are your thoughts on TikTok expanding to the, to the 10 minute video? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, my prediction, and this is, this is me coming from a YouTube background. So I'd be interested to hear everyone else's take, but my prediction is that the reason that they are doing it is because most of the large creators on TikTok still view an audience on YouTube as superior only because one, it's easier to monetize and two, the content has more stain power. So I believe that the, that the 10 minute video on TikTok is the precursor to TikTok coming out with their own revenue sharing program uh, that's a little more stout than, than what they've already got. Um, so I know a lot of people have been saying like, you know, nobody's going to watch 10 minute videos on TikTok. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that says if the content's good enough, it doesn't matter how long it is. I mean, my, one of my best performing YouTube videos of all time was a 45 minute safety video that was, it, it was, it was boring. There was nothing to it, but people watched it because they, they wanted the content. Um, so I think that if the, the revenue sharing does come in the form of like in video ads on TikTok, uh, creators will definitely be behind it. We'll, we'll kind of wait and see if, if people are, are willing to watch 10 minute videos there. And it'd be interesting to see if they, if they use the short form to get you to become aware of this person and then they start showing the longer form stuff once you've followed them or, or done something like that. Um, yeah, I think it'll be also interesting to see if they, they break that out into two separate, you know, types of areas on the platforms. So like short form content versus long form content. Um, I think that could probably be successful. Like if you have long form content, that's more easily searchable than, anything that's currently on the platform. Cause right now, like if, if I saw a video that, that you put out and if I didn't save it, like right then, and you know, two weeks from now, I want to, I want to send that to a buddy. Like it's, it's difficult to find that. Whereas right, yeah. on YouTube, you know, it's, it's very easy to find content. Cool. Do you think they'll focus on desktop at all or just strictly mobile? It's, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I don't know exactly where they're going with it. I mean, I'm only making my predictions based on uh, my, my past history with, with YouTube. Um, but I don't have a great answer for that. I would think that they would be silly not to do something on the desktop to make it like a channel. Like you can go to your TikTok channel now and it's kind of, it's kind of set up that way. But uh, you can't segment things and you can't kind of, I mean, I guess it, you can't even like when you pin something in the, in the app, you, people might not know, but you can pin certain videos to the top of your feed. Even when you do that, it doesn't show up in the, in the desktop version. Yeah. Do playlists even show up on the desktop version yet? I don't think so. Yeah, that's wild. So here's another good a good question from Celeste. If you guys don't have any on this one, I do. But how do you how do you get serious clients on TikTok without looking ridiculous? 
I, I, I have a little story behind this. Um, might not be the answer that, that most people are looking for. Um, but when I, when I first started at Refine Labs, and this even came up in the interview process, um, I did not want to do TikTok. Interesting. Like I did you, I did YouTube for 10 plus years and I showed up on camera once in, in almost a thousand videos. Like I just didn't like being on camera. And I told my boss, like my, my goal for starting TikTok because I knew like I had to do it in order to like get, I had to kind of champion that program so other people would, would see the success and do it. I told her, I was like, my goal is to not look like an idiot. <laughs> and like the, the, the first 20, 30 videos I did, it was like me kind of talking head, like almost regurgitated LinkedIn text post in, in the form of video, um, which were okay. But that got me to a point where like I was okay trying to test out this like entertainment style video. And when I saw how successful that entertainment was, my, my perception changed from like, I don't want to look like an idiot to, you know, if, if I, if I make, I don't know, if I look a little more like an idiot or like this is, this video is a little goofier, like the underlying message gets to so many more people that like, and people love it. So like, it's just me getting over my own insecurity to, to, to look like an idiot, I guess. Yeah. Cool. I'd like to pop in on that actually. Um, hey y'all, I'm Lydia. Um, and I think one of the big things about TikTok for me was just, I'm okay. If I look like an idiot, like that has to be okay because there is something that I want to share with the world. And I know that eventually I'm going to get good at it, but the only way to get good at it is just to get out there. And I said this to so many people, I was like, look, I don't mind embarrassing myself like five to seven times a day. If we get this ball rolling and if this message helps people, and if this is, you know, it's, I think it's all about finding something to rally behind. And if you do look like a fool, that's okay. Because I don't know any content creator that looks back at their first videos and is like, oh yeah, nailed it. Um, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. We all are on a journey and anyone who is creating content knows how stressful and vulnerable that feels. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people are, are in the chat are asking for more information from you specifically. So maybe, maybe talk a little bit about your journey getting onto TikTok. I know you were on LinkedIn and you weren't quite seeing what you wanted. And then yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you jumped onto TikTok and boom. So my TikTok journey all was, um, it was just that it was a journey. Uh, I had never really been on camera before. I wasn't really digging it. Um, but I kept seeing these video posts on LinkedIn. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a dyslexia interventionist. And so for people with dyslexia, it's video is great because reading is stressful. And so I was like, okay, I have to figure this out. And um, Stephen actually approached me and was like, you need to get on TikTok. And I literally laughed him out of the meeting. <laughs> like, I was like, absolutely not. You don't know who you're talking to. I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
I'd never been on the platform before. I didn't have an account. I was not someone who just scrolled through TikTok. So the first time I was on TikTok, I was literally creating content. Um, immediately, it generated leads from really bad content. Like for those of you who are afraid to do this, don't be because mm, my, my first videos will be way worse than anything you guys could possibly create. And so I think that um, immediately it started generating content or uh, leads. And so I just kept going. And again, I had that mindset of like, look, if this is helping people, like I do not mind embarrassing myself five to seven times a day and just making it happen because there are people out there who need help. And um, for those of you guys, like, again, I'm a dyslexia interventionist. And if you have a child who's struggling with reading and you're so worried about, I mean, that's a scary thing to do. So I felt like the least that I could do was get out there on video. Um, and so that's kind of how that, that spiraled. And I just got on and started chatting and, you know, it was what it was. Yeah. Tell me this, like, how did you, cause you, you make a lot of videos. Like, how did you, like a lot of people struggle with coming up with ideas and you went from like posting sporadically on LinkedIn to like making four or five TikToks a day. Like, how did you, how did yeah. you do that? Oh, uh, how did I do that? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> um, I just did. So I think the first thing, like the big thing that happened is immediately, like literally first couple of videos. And again, y'all, they were garbage. And these first couple of videos were generating leads. And I, you know, I think, I think when you own a business or when you're advocating for something, you can't be proud, right? I think that a lot of people feel like there's so much pride in being a business owner and all. And I'm like, I've experienced exactly the opposite. You got to do, you got to get your hands dirty. You got to do what it takes. And for me, TikTok felt like this is what it's going to take. And so I just started making them. And then eventually, like, I started kind of having fun with it. I make fun of myself on my videos sometimes. Uh, at one point, I was like jumping around and I like hit the light and the light started oh, shaking that, yeah. and I just like grabbed it and was like, and like that, I posted it anyway. I was like bloopers, you know, like I think it's all about um, having fun with it. And then I'll tell you, really, this is kind of ridiculous, but my mind goes at night. And so what I do is I just sit down if I'm just kind of having like, my, you know, I have like quiet time after dinner. And if that's kind of, if my mind is on TikTok, I literally just pull out my phone and start recording drafts. And then I, you know, I've got 30 drafts right now ready to go. Wow. Um, and then what, like I've got the script there. And so then I just go in and see what I'm in the mood to film in the daylight and pop out there and, and go for it. And so just when it strikes you, Go ahead and like record a quick, it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get that idea in your drafts or text it to yourself or whatever. And then, and then have fun with it the next day. Um, so yeah. And then a lot of times people came back and they were commenting. And so I answered a lot of comments and videos um, because I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but they ask kind of complex questions sometimes. And it's like, you only have what, like 150 characters to explain something that you could probably write a book about. So you're like, Ugh, how am I going to do this? And so that's what I do is I just kind of get out there and, and answer the audience and engage with them. And um, yeah, TikTok was more fun. And for those of you who are kind of questioning it, I never dance. Um, 
I never, like, I'm not a trend person. I post very few trends. I just get out there and kind of say what I'm, what I'm talking about. And I, you know, sometimes I'm on a walk. Um, actually most of my videos have been just like any video that has gone mega viral. So the one that I had that was over a million views in like 48 hours, um, I was like on a walk with a cup of coffee. I've got big old sunglasses on. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Like this is not how I wanted a million plus people to see me. Um, but that video is what resonated and took off. And so you just kind of, that's what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is you just, when the mood strikes, make the video. Yeah. It seems like when people have, like when the video just comes across as like either super funny or like um, super tangible, something that somebody can walk away with and do, or it's just like really authentic and it's like a pure message. The other thing that I think is interesting about Lydia too, is that like you're not obsessed around hooks and like grabbing people in or doing all these things that like people teach you. Like if you look at the TikTok gurus, they're like, you got to have a hook. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you don't do any of that. You just, I mean, you do kind of in a way, your own natural way, but like your videos aren't like, you're not taking all those TikTok guru tips and like applying them to your videos. Yeah, I'm just going for it. And I'll tell you that what people say to me is that when people come in and the way kind of my business works is you have to start with a consultation. And when people come in, like most people say like, gosh, I feel like I've known you. Like, I just know who you are. And that I think is the key um, is to, and my field is particularly emotional. And so I just lean into that and say like, Hey, I'm here. I get it. It's going to be okay. Let's have a conversation. And that is really at the heart of any of my video, um, any of my videos. And I think that that's kind of, important, you know, connecting with the audience and, and you don't necessarily like as a creator, you don't necessarily know them, but they rely on you. I mean, I've gotten emails from people when I haven't been posting, right? Like over the holidays, I needed a little TikTok break for my own sanity. <laughs> and, um, and I got emails from people left and right. Is everything okay? We haven't seen you in a while, blah, 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 blah. And I was wow. like, oh my gosh. Okay. So um, they come to rely on that. That's cool. Yeah, well, we got a flood of questions, so I want to make sure we get to some of those as well. Um, so we, uh, Lydia talked a little bit about this. I think Todd did as well. But um, uh, Carol is wondering, how do you guys come up with um, what's your what's your process for coming up with content ideas? And uh, Q, since since you haven't really touched on this, maybe we could throw that one to you. Um, I don't know if mine will be super valuable just because I'm mostly focused on creating social experiments. Um, so it's less of me talking. I still do do that. And that's coming from questions like Lydia was mentioning and Todd, like engaging with the audience. Uh, but for me, it's social experiments. So any like any issues that I'm seeing, anything like, hey, like no one's talking about mental health. No one's talking about grief. Um, wow, we only get two days off of um, when we lose someone that we love, like things like that. So it's really just problems that I'm seeing anything else um it's just back to my my experiments that i'm running that's where all of my content ideas come from so hey can i make ten thousand dollars in a day what are the steps that i'm taking to make ten thousand dollars in a day oh wow i messed up i only made eight thousand here's this and that like so it's really just based off my social experiments so i don't think i'm gonna good ex i'm a good example there um but i love what lydia was saying like just when you're inspired do it all like here's 30 here's 50 here's 60 drafts versus 
let me try to write one post a day. I don't know. But if you could be consistent and then when you are inspired, do more. But I don't think I'm a great example there. Well, when I'm assuming when you're helping people, sometimes they have those similar issues and questions. How, like, how do you how do you coach them through that process? Yeah, systems and processes. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Personally, I still have those. Um, I think a very simple one, because when I say sim systems and processes, people think it's like, wow, it's so complicated. A good one that I heard from Brendan, I'm blanking on the last name, but it's just create twice, post once. Um, so then you always have a backlog. So you're creating two times a day, you're only posting once, just something as simple as that, but whatever system, whatever process works for you, um, creating those systems for people. Cool. Um, and then we got a question from Candace here. So she's asking- Steven, can, can I jump uh, in real quick on that? Absolutely. Regarding the thing, like create twice, post once, I love that. That's awesome. The other thing that I wanna share about like content creation ideas is do not overthink it. Okay. Again, you've got to let that like, oh my gosh, I look like a complete idiot. Let it go. No one cares if you look like an idiot. And honestly, TikTok is so anonymous that you can't like know what none of my friends are finding me. Well, now they are, but like none of my friends initially were finding me on it. Um, you know, but, and, and so no one, you know, is doing it. It's completely anonymous. So who cares? So again, getting yourself in that mindset of just like, whatever, I've got something I need to say. I think it's going to be important to you. And, and I also think, don't think about it in terms of, I have something I need to say. Think about it in terms of, I think this is going to help you. And so it's worth looking like a fool. Right. Yeah, does that right. make sense? Oh, it totally does. And, and as an engineer, I can attest to that you can make it way overcomplicated. So like a lot of times my clients come to me, that's like, what's your system? Like I saw you using Airtable to capture your ideas. And I'm like, you know, like, don't do it. Don't do that. Just like write down your ideas and just create the videos. It's a lot, it's a lot easier than, uh, than it, or it can be a lot easier than um, people make it. Um, and back to Candace, she was asking how, what's the process for setting up like a funnel, quote unquote funnel, um, to send people to an opt-in page or a giveaway. Um, so on TikTok, it's actually pretty easy. And I'm interested in how other people have, have converted people as well. But on my page, I just have like a, it, it's not link tree, but it's like a link tree in, if you go to my profile, you're going to see my link there and then you can go to it. It's not going to my website. It's just giving away a couple of free resources and a, and a way to, to book a call. And then you can also find um, my other social channels. So I think you can start as simple as that. Like once you go into like creating VSLs and all these different funnels to like convert people into clients, I think that gets a little bit more specific outside of TikTok. But on TikTok, it's just as simple as putting a link to something so people can learn more about you and find you or book a call with you. That's all, that's all I've done. I will say that I use Linktree and, um, and Calendly. I think that keeping it really simple is really important because a lot of times when I was starting, like when I was starting out on TikTok and I was following all the gurus and how do you do this and how do you do that? Right. I was going to their link trees and it was so complicated. I was like, what, who do you think you are? Kind of, that's the, <laughs> that's what I took away from this. Like, do you think you're like the, you know, I was just really turned off by that. So on my link tree, it's, um, initially it just started with my email, email me, you know, I I'm a real person, send me an email. Um, and people were really surprised when I emailed them back or like, when I pop on like these parent consultations, they're like, oh, it's you. And I'm like, I, I'm a person, like I'm not famous, you know, like, <laughs> and it's been like kind of funny 
But I think keeping that really simple, because again, TikTok is all about just a really authentic connection with your audience. And that's what you're looking to do. So don't overwhelm it. Just here's my email. You know, shoot me an email. I'd love to chat. Um, Now I have LinkedIn, um, like follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, shoot me an email or schedule a consultation. So people can actually schedule a consultation right from my TikTok, but it's super simple. So I think a lot of times when people are giving away and Steven, I know this works for you, um, but a lot of times, and I've used some of your resources, but a lot of times when people are giving away free resources, it feels like, like, I just want to get to the meat of this. Like, I just want to talk to you. I just want to figure out what it is that I need and how you can help me. And so not overwhelming people like that. Um, with a bunch of other kind of. Yeah. Cause I think people sometimes see all that stuff as like a trick to get mm-hmm. your content. I know refined labs is really big on sending people to eBooks and collecting email addresses. Right. Right, Todd. That's it. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's our, it's our main sorry. strategy. <laughs> I'm not trying to step on toes. This is no, just my no, opinion. No, no, I'm a total amateur. So no, I was just, that, I was that's just actually, a joke. It's... I was just joking because they're the, the antithesis of, of that. Um, so uh, any, anybody else have any thoughts on like refining the sales funnel from, from TikTok on top of if, that? If you don't mind, I'd, I'd actually like to go back to the previous one for a second, which Absolutely. was um, how, to, how to come up with content ideas. Um, for, sure. for me, because I, I was very much the person that was like, especially on LinkedIn, like I would, I would show up like, yeah, I want to post every single day. And then I'd show up, get in front of the keyboard and it's like, crap, what am I going to, what am I going to write about? Um, I think for me on TikTok, what has helped me have a, have a process for creating videos is having like two to three series that I do every single week. So like, for example, I I mentioned it before I do one that's called if, if B2B marketing did like, it doesn't take any, any thought behind that at all, because like, I'll be walking down the street and I'll see something and I'll be like, Oh, that would be fantastic. If I, if I did, if marketing did, and then I'll, I'll whip out my phone and throw it in the notes. And then you know, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I see someone else post. I'd be like, I could make fun of that. That would be fantastic. Like throwing the notes. Um, and I think like when you, when you niche down your, your content into these series, things just start to kind of fall into place. And it's not like I have like a million things that I could possibly say, but like, I don't know what I want to write or shoot or whatever. Um, so I think, I think if you, if you try to figure out like, okay, what's my message going to be? Like, what do I want to, what do I want to talk about? If you can put that into like two or three different series, like I can, I can talk about the same thing three times and put it into each of my series. And it's a totally different piece of content. Like I can, I can talk about, I can literally the same exact concept can be delivered three different ways and every single one will do just as good as the one before it. Yeah, that's interesting. So. And that's why I wanted all th- the the different perspectives here. Because Q, I know you like you you actually repeat a lot of your content. Um, you just like tweak it or make a little change to it. I end up seeing your videos the same. Like, I think they're kind of similar, but they're, I know you tweaked it a little bit. And I've I found that interesting too. It's kind of freeing to just know that oh, I could just 
post this almost the same thing again. Yeah, I post. I literally just did it actually just I was like, I do not feel like recording things. Let me just throw a bunch of videos on. I did want to add one, actually two things quick to the funnel piece, though. OK, because um, I think it's important. I just have a I'm weird um, for Linktree, for beacons, for anything like that. I personally would advise against it just because if you look at behavior, you want to take anyone that's consuming your stuff, anyone that's clicking a link, you want them to have the least resistance as possible. So anything like beacons, like Linktree, typically you'll get, uh, they'll get a, not everyone, but some people will get a notification. Hey, do you want to go off of this? This isn't a trusted um, link. Right. I would avoid that altogether and just go like, if you have a website, create your own version of it. It's not that hard. You just download a template. Like here's everything Lydia said, here's my Calendly. Here's my thing, like all of those links, but then you own it and it's yours and you can customize it and they're not going to get that extra resistance. Like, Hey, do I want to go off of this? And then two, just for anyone that's trying to sell anything or whatever action, just tell them what action you want them to take. Email me, hit my YouTube, subscribe, do a consultation, whatever that is. I think those two things alone um, will help you a lot. But if you are using Linktree, it's not, it's not a, a deal breaker. Not everyone's going to get that notification, but um, again, there's probably a small percentage there that you're missing if you're using it. Oh, cool. That's yeah, an that's, awesome point. That's a good I love answer. that. Like, the least resistance. And that's kind of what I was trying to say is like, if you overwhelm people with like too much, too many options, like, but you're, you're pointing out something I hadn't even thought of and that's, that's excellent. So um, thanks. There's a, if you want an example, um, do you guys know the guy that just, uh, um, he just reads his computer, but it's like the most, the deepest content. I'll send a link. Um, there's an example. He creates his own. It looks really good. Are you talking it's about that, uh, the, the Bitcoin guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I forget his name. I know who you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> just look at, look at his link in it. it cool. so, he does it well. So there's quite a few questions. So let's, let's keep moving on those. Um, one person is asking about like, how do you, how do you think of like the ROI? And this is always a tough question. Um, so like to me, like, I don't really think about it that like that way, really. It's just like, cause I, I can't really tie like every hour I spend or every piece of content I spend and then convert that into like, Oh, there's 15 book calls. And then three of them. I mean, ultimately my business is growing. It's, it's doubled in size by going onto TikTok. Um, I've had numerous people hire me in terms of like a $5 billion company and like adults, like mature adults. So I, I don't do any math behind it. I just, I just took the, I just realized, Hey, if I'm on TikTok viewing stuff, other people are as well. So why not, why can't it be me? But does anybody else here on the panel have, um, insights on how they think about ROI with, with this kind of thing? I just want to add one thought cause I know I'm extremely unique here. I used to hustle all the time, create all the time, and I loved it. I built a company around it, was very successful, and then started building other people around it. And I noticed like in this industry and as creators, a lot of us don't know what we want. A lot of us don't know what we want our ideal life to look like. And it's, hey, I just want to go viral. And then the content itself, even though we wanted maybe to be a full-time content creator, ends up becoming a prison just like our job was, or just like our business was, or whatever it is that you were doing before. For me, when it comes to ROI, it's like, what do I want my life to look like? I just want to do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want, and that's it. That's all that's important to me. If my content becomes a prison, it's not worth it, even if I'm making a lot of money. I'd rather make 100K a year working 
10 hours a month versus making a billion a year and working every single hour of the day because that goes against what I want. So I would always advise creators to get clear on what they want, what they want their life to look like because if you don't want to be posting six to 10 to 20 times a day, it's it's not worth it. But if you do, cool. Like, yeah, that's worth it. That's awesome. Like Lydia loves it. I hate it. Like, oh, well, I, I need a little break here. And I I do want to, I actually want to caution you guys. So ROI, like I did not love it. A, go look at my first TikTok videos. You'll be like, wow, I've never seen someone so uncomfortable. Like you're going to cringe for me. You're going to be like, ooh. Um, but Look, here's the thing on ROI. I will tell you that I spend maybe 15 minutes making TikToks every day now. Like, I mean, it just is not now. And originally it was like an hour of video, but like not really. But now and I'll tell you, like 95% of our clients have found us on TikTok and they've watched, they've watched me. So a lot of people will be like, they'll come in and they'll be like, I've been following you for a couple of months. And so as far as ROI, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'd have to reach out to our marketing person and, and see about all that. But, um, I, you know, I would say that there is no question for me that it's worth it. Um, and then the other thing that I want to caution everyone here about going viral is the worst. It is terrible. It is awful. I've never been so stressed out in my whole life. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, so I think when you are looking at this, everyone, and I went into this, I don't have any desire to go viral. I don't need to do that. You know, I just want to get out here and talk to a couple parents, see if I can help a couple kids. All right. Um, you know, and I think that with going back to what do you want, but being prepared is really important. Um, cause I, you know, I love what Quentin is saying here is like, what, what is it that you want? And I had a very clear idea of that. Um, but, but the, the, I mean, I will never forget September 18th was the first time I went viral y'all. That is how traumatic it was. <laughs> um, and I remember it cause it was my dad's birthday and I was with the family and I was like, Oh my gosh, my phone was exploding. Um, and I think that, being, you know, just aware of that. Like when you talk about the prison of the content, I definitely, definitely felt that. And I always want to caution people that, um, your goal should not be to go viral. It, it will happen because of who you are and what your content brings to the table. But, um, I wouldn't jump on with that in mind. And I will tell you that some of my most performing videos, the ones that bring in the most, um, the most consults, the most leads and really convert to students are videos that had like maybe 2000 views on it. And I'm, you know, I'm used to sitting at six to, you know, several hundred or several thousand, you know, I mean, it's, so I will say that like, and I can give you an example. One of them, I just sat down, I was sitting on the couch and I was like, you are not failing your child. And I just sat there with like, you know, just having a conversation with my phone as if I'm a crazy person, but, um, just having a conversation. And that's what really brought in a lot of consults and made people trust you. So, that's, um, that's awesome. No, that's good. Yeah. And I, I would attest to it as well. I've, I've felt like I was in the creator jail as well, just like locked into creating content and not really enjoying it. So it, it is important to not get yourself into that spot. So a couple of real quick questions. Um, Jordan was asking what tool I specifically use that's not Linktree. So I'm using links.co. Um, there's, there's a million of them out there. 
Um, I'm going to reassess that now that Q's dropping the the knowledge here. Um, Candice was, maybe we can just all go around and answer this one real quick. Candice is asking, how many times a day do we post on TikTok? I, I do one. Seven, dang. Yeah, I, I, I do one as well. Real, real quick, if you don't mind, let me, let me take a, a shot at the ROI question real quick. Yeah. Um, I would say when you're, when you're, when you're creating content and this isn't just TikTok, this is any platform. Um, and Chris Walker kind of speaks about this all the time, but look for the, the qualitative signals. So like, are people engaging with my content? Like, do I see the people, the same people coming back over and over again? Am I getting mentioned in other people's posts that I know, I don't know who they are, but they know who I am based on the content that I'm creating. And then if you, if you do need to measure like a dollar value, um, you can like, this is what we do at Refine Labs. You can very easily implement a self-reported attribution form on your website. So when somebody comes on and requests a demo or a consult or whatever, there's a required open text field that says, where did you hear about us? And they'll, they'll tell you exactly where they heard about you. And you can, you can attribute that dollar amount to, to that specific channel. On that note too, I saw Chris's video that said that you guys were doing that. I added that to mine. I follow most of his advice and, uh, I've had all sorts of interesting answers come through on that, where you don't tell people, you don't give them a list of options because then people just kind of guess or they just pick something, you just open form. And then they write interesting stuff in there. They'll say, Oh yeah, for sure. Somebody said this and then I found you here or I found you on TikTok, And so it was really, uh, that's a good insight to share. Um, uh, Cora, I, th I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, she was, and maybe Todd, you can, whoever, whoever can answer this one. What about company pages? Cause I know you you guys are doing a refined labs, uh, account on TikTok, and uh, Q, I, I, I know you, you have experience with this too. So what about branded company accounts on TikTok? What's the experience you guys have had there? So for me, um, basically the way that we run the refined labs account is that I use that as an aggregate of all the employee content. So like me championing this, this platform, my goal is to get as many people internally as I can posting regularly on the, on TikTok. And we've got about a hundred employees. So regularly could mean, you know, if I've got, if I've got four or five people posting every other day, like I can very easily put out you know, a, a piece of content a day when I, when I work my stuff in there too. Um, so, and, and I think that should be the goal for your, your, your company page is to basically like demonstrate your expertise in a certain area. And if you can do that, like across your entire company, like I'm not the only one with this expertise, like every single person in my company is as smart or smarter than me. Here's all their content. Like there's, there's huge value in that. So that, that's what I do. How, what have you seen on the, the Refine Labs? I haven't looked at your, how many followers you guys have. Have you guys seen the growth on the, the Refine Labs page? So we, the Refine Labs page has close to a thousand followers, but I think what's, what's important to, to note is that each individual person. So like, I think what a lot of people do is they will, 
when they're trying to get a program up and running, they'll, they'll overcomplicate it. So it's like for, an, and I've done this in the past where like, I've done a, I've done a competition with the goal of like, I'm going to, I'm going to have this prize. Everyone's got to post the person with the, the most likes or whatever at the end of this time gets this prize. And the goal is to get everybody involved. Whereas with, with what we've done is like, we we did that we ran a competition for 30 days but the the idea was to identify like the two or three people that were going to like really try to do this and then like it's my job at that point to to help those people to to grow their personal accounts because honestly like i would rather have four to five to six however many people have like really solid personal accounts where they're putting out like really high quality information and my company account is like, okay. Then having like this great company account, but like all the employees aren't really bought into creating content. So like I use the company account to help promote the, the people within the business. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, like it, it encourages those people to post more on their, their personal accounts. Yeah. So it's almost like a similar kind of, thinking on LinkedIn. It's like, yeah, you can have the, the business page, but it's the people that make the biggest impact. People don't necessarily connect with like a brand as easily. In, Q or, or yeah, Lydia, 100%. any, any in, additional insights on that front? Yeah. So um, it's hard to manage. So it's my TikTok, but it's, you know, I'm promoting my company. Um, I think... Oops, sorry, y'all. Um, so I don't have a ton to say on that. Um, and I can say, you can see there, there are pros and cons to a company page where you have multiple people creating, like Todd was saying, and I think this is really interesting that, you know, you're demonstrating a knowledge across the board, which I, I love that. That's awesome. My, my concern there is, you know, do, do I have time to monitor that content? right? Um, do I have time? Is it in brand? Is it aligned with the mission? Is this the message I want to be sending? Um, and so that's kind of tricky um, for that. It would take a little pressure off of me as far as like that balance, you know, um, work-life balance is a hot topic. If you own a business, you don't really have one of those. Um, and so it would take a little pressure off of me. Whereas like right now I just have to turn off my phone every night. Like I turn it off for an hour every night. And just like, that's, that's my, my time. Um, other than that, like you're really on call. So I could see the benefit in demonstrating knowledge across the board, taking a little pressure off of yourself. However, it comes at the, the, you know, who's going to monitor this, how are you going to, how are you going to do that? So, um, those would be that, I think I, you know, asked more questions that I answered, but those would be my insights. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, I appreciate that. Um, Can I just add one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just be careful of absolutes. Like you don't need other people to create content on your company page. You don't need to create content on your company page. It can, you can approach it however you want. Again, it's clarity on what you want, just like you are a person, it's just for the business. What do you want to be known for? How do you want to be seen? How much money do you have to pour into this? Like what type of content do you want to be creating or someone else to be creating? Um, I get clarity around that first. And I think that's going to help you inform what you're creating because um, there's a lot of brands crushing it, you know, and maybe you don't even need a company page. Maybe it's more like Lydia and it's just you or someone 
that has a good personality in your company. Get clarity first. Do I need it? And then if you do need it, there's a bunch a bunch of companies that are crushing it. Um, go do some research because there's a lot of different things that you can do. I'm a big gamer. Like there's gamer accounts that no one posts anything. They just repurpose stuff and they curate, you know, like it's just what do you want and then create from there. It doesn't have to be time consuming if you don't want it to be. Yeah. And then on, on the, on the note of Refine Labs, like I've, I've seen Chris is starting to post on his personal account and I have noticed that one is growing pretty fast, which is kind of tells you that those personal accounts where I think it's one person talking, um, you, I know you're repurposing stuff and, but it's still him like on his channel. And I've noticed that he's growing pretty quickly there. So it's, that's a testament to where you should prioritize personal accounts versus like a, a brand account. Um, and then uh, we have a question from Tiffany. We're, we're almost at the hour, just so everyone knows. If you guys have to go, just let me know. Um, but Tiffany was, was curious about um, cross-posting your TikTok content to other platforms. I know we touched on this a little bit before, but I think it's a great idea. I've had great success with that. Does anybody else have anything else to add on repurposing your TikToks to LinkedIn? I think that's one of the biggest beauties of TikTok is that they make it like way easier than any other platform out there to repurpose it to, to other platforms. Um, I, I tell people all the time that like, I think most people are familiar with like the, like the Gary V model where like you take one long form piece of content and chop it down into, into several small pieces for different platforms. I think TikTok is interesting because like, especially with all these different platforms trying to copy TikTok, you can take one short form piece of content now and repurpose it to multiple different, different channels and, and change up that messaging daily or, or say something new daily on TikTok that can be easily repurposed to, to other channels, similar to, to what he preaches with like podcast or YouTube or any other long form piece of content. Yeah. I've also noticed people, oh, go ahead. Todd, I love what you were saying earlier about how, you know, we're so text tired and, you know, getting that square video, you're immediately like, mm, do I really want to watch this? But if you get that, um, that vertical video, you're like, oh my gosh, this is someone who's just trying to, it's easier to connect with them. Right. And I think that, I think that what, overall, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but overall what we're seeing is a trend away from like that super professionalism that we might see in like Mad Men to like, let's go have a cup of coffee and have a conversation about this. And so there's a lot of room to be a straight shooter. And I think that when people, um, when people see that, you know, like, it's very clear that like, you, you can't really see this, um, but it's very clear that someone just like whipped out their phone and started having a conversation with you. Uh, they, they lean into that and want to see it. And you made that point earlier. And so I just wanted to call it back to that. Cause I thought that was so valuable. Yeah. I, I also noticed that people go to great lengths to remove the TikTok watermark. And sometimes I almost wonder, is it better to leave it in there? Cause then people are going to see that watermark and be like, Oh, this is a TikTok video. Let's see what people are. Let's see what this person is up to. I leave it on there. I used to take it off and it's time consuming and you're like, it doesn't matter. And so I just leave it there. Yeah, cool. I'm all about like the path of least resistance, right? Like shorter is better sometimes. Yeah, cool. And we have one question um, from Aaron 
and Lydia, maybe you can talk a little bit about this, but she was just like, how do you, how do you manage that work-life balance between creating all this content and then (laughs) living your life? Oh, how do I manage the work-life balance? Uh, I don't, um, (laughs) I don't. Uh, so my business is called jump reading and you know, I think anyone who knows me, any of my friends who know me know that like, this is everything. I I love dyslexia. I'm passionate about it. I love learning about it. I love talking about it. I love helping people. I love providing the therapy. I love it all. And, um, you know, I think managing the work-life balance, you know, turning that phone off for, you know, just even if you need, you know, just 30 minutes, um, is really important. I will also tell you, I work from home. And so I, I'm working, you know, by six in the morning, but I stop working when my husband comes home because this is his space to live in and be at home. And he does not like to work from home. And so he wants like a relaxing environment, which is very difficult to have if someone's like working in it. Um, And so like, that is kind of my stopgap a little bit. Uh, and so that really helps. And then I don't answer emails on the weekends. I don't answer calls on the weekends. If I don't have TikToks ready to go for the weekend and I don't feel like posting them, I don't, I don't get on there and force myself to make that content. Um, and so keeping that really sacred is, is important to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could use a vacation. (laughs) No, that's good advice. I could, it's, even from yourself, it's good to hear other people say that because sometimes I I beat myself up because I didn't post on a Sunday or something silly like that. But um, all right, cool guys. Any other last? I think from oh, a go ahead. yeah, I was gonna say coming from a um, like the the company perspective, if you're if you're trying to get other people in your organization on TikTok, uh, that work life balance becomes very important because. You don't want to be, you know, bringing out your employees. And I'll say uh, at Refine Labs, I basically get as much time as I need during the workday to create content. And I think like if you want somebody to like take content creation seriously inside of your organization, you need to give time during actual work hours to do it. Whereas I think a lot of companies like just expect people to do it on their own yeah, they give them no time and no training, and then they're just like, "Go do it!" Right? <laughs> like you got to post. Uh, and I think that's a great that's a great example too. Is like I make TikToks during the day. Like I I draft my like scripts when when the mood strikes, right? But then during the day, like I use business hours to do this, um, and and not burning out the now I I create my own content, but. Um, also being, yeah, being really mindful of the employees, I think it would be, would be really important, but I think that's a really good point. And I definitely did not mean to imply in any way that, uh, I was just doing this at all hours. So I yeah, sure. uh, appreciate that. Well, cool guys. Any last perspectives from you guys? Appreciate you being here. This has been awesome. A ton of questions. I want to say one thing. Yeah, that's cool. That. Someone commented about the Bitcoin guy that I mentioned for whatever reason, it's not letting me comment on here. His handle on TikTok. And I think IG is Josh Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, plays. Um, Josh Terry plays. That's all. Thank yeah, you he, yeah he's an interesting guy. And what I, what I think is interesting is like everyone here on this channel or on this live does content creation differently. 
they all kind of found their groove and it's like it's going back to what Q and, and Lydia said it's like that purity of your message that I think is really going what's really going to connect with people and help you help you grow so um, with that uh, thank you everybody for coming this has been awesome uh, Todd Lydia Q thanks so much for being on it's a great honor to have you guys here and providing your insights um, if you guys want more content like this head over to my website sgplabs.com subscribe and uh, I'll keep you informed on everything have a great Tuesday, everybody, and I will see you.